We asked you guys what we should do for our 100th episode, and you guys wanted to hear about Daphne's aunt's case, and also some of you wanted us to do a Q&A. So, we're going to do a Q&A for you guys. Yay! And we didn't include names in every question of this Q&A because so many people asked the same exact questions, but we appreciate everyone who asked something and are happy and excited to answer everything. So let's get to the first question. Many of you asked, how did you guys meet? Ooh, we met on Tinder. We seriously did. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a joke. We actually met on Tinder. I came to visit Oregon to visit my dad, and I was really bored, and I was like, let's just see what Oregon guys are like, because it was my first, or it was my second time in Oregon. And Heath was the first guy that I talked to, and he said in his bio that he liked horror and um, Halloween. That's what it was. So I thought he was cool, and we hung out five days later, and we went to a bar. And then we just hit it off, and I ended up just staying in Oregon, like, indefinitely, and we just continued to date. Yeah, she was going to go back to Los Angeles, where she's from, and I convinced her to stay. But I was working remotely at the time, so it was kind of an easy thing for me to just dabble in staying in Oregon, and now we've been together for almost three years. The next question that we got from a bunch of you guys was, what case got you into true crime, and why did you start going west? And we also got asked which serial killer we're most interested in and what our favorite cases were that we've covered. So let's start with the first, which is what case got you into true crime and why did you start going west? Heath, take it away. I don't really have a specific case. I do, however, um, what really got me into true crime was uh, Bill Curtis's Cold Case Files, the original one. I used to watch that shit religiously. I love his voice. It's so amazing. And I just remember like just being so intrigued by these cases and what made a person kill another person. And that just really intrigued me. And also my mom was really into true crime as well. And she still is. And she listens to our show. She was one of our, she was probably our first listener, actually. Absolutely was. For me, it was always Carol's case. Um, I didn't, I don't think I learned that she was murdered until I was probably in my tween years. But I had known that she was dead just from my upbringing, from my mom bringing it up. But she never said that she was murdered or, you know, and of course, we haven't found her remains, but we we know that she's not alive. So that case always just made me really passionate about true crime. And and then I got into the Zodiac Killer. And that's my favorite, my favorite serial killer, if you will. That was just from an early age, like the first one I remember. So definitely the Zodiac Killer. Again, I don't really have a favorite serial killer per se. I think they're all interesting in their own way. Obviously, they're all pieces of shit. So yeah, I don't really have a favorite. A lot of people ask us, you know, what our favorite case that we've covered is, which is really hard because we try to cover really interesting cases. Of course, these are all terrible tragedies, but we try to find the more lesser known, interesting ones, if you will. I hate saying that. That feels icky to say interesting. But There's three missing persons cases that we've covered that are all men. There's Brandon Swanson, Bryce Lespisa, and Brian Schaefer. And those three to me are just every single time I start talking about them, I'm just like, what happened here? Like, it really frustrates me. So I would say probably those three. I really want to redo Brandon Swanson because I've listened to our older episodes and they're just not good. So I would really like to redo that one because that case is insane. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on those three cases. I thought the Brian Schaefer episode was, like, mind-blowing, mind-boggling. I didn't know what to think about it. 
And then also Bryceless Pizza. I really didn't know what to think about that one. And of course, Brandon Swanson, again, our first episode. I think the case is really, really interesting. I think we were really fucking boring (laughs) in our first. I mean, it was our very first episode. And it's funny because we still get bad reviews about that episode to this day. I know. I don't want to take it down, though, because it's like our first. But I agree. It's bad. I agree with you guys. It's bad. But the cases are crazy. And those are just three that in my head, I'm just like, I just can't figure it out. Of course, every case that we cover is extremely interesting to us, though. So the third question we have, which a couple of you asked, is if you weren't podcasting, what would you be doing with your lives? And then that goes along with the question that other people ask, which is, what do you guys do job-wise? And is podcasting your full-time job? So podcasting is our full-time job now, which is really exciting for us because we get to put all of our energy into the show. It was really, really hard to do when we had full-time jobs. That was like freaking impossible. Yeah, it took us two years, almost two years to become full-time podcasters, but we stuck with it. And here we are. Yeah, which is really exciting. So before this, I was working in the wine industry and Heath was studying environmental studies. If we weren't podcasting, well, Heath and I are the kind of people where it's like podcasting isn't just it. I've always had a really entrepreneurial spirit since I was in middle school. So I've tried to start like, I can't even tell you how many businesses since then. It's exhausting. It's I always have a new idea like every single day. So there's like a billion other things I want to do. I've always wanted to be an author. My ancestor wrote Frankenstein. It's Mary Shelley Wollstonecraft. And so I always really wanted to follow in her footsteps and become like a mystery novelist. And so that's still something I really want to do. I want to write cookbooks because I love cooking um, really good vegan food. And I want to open a restaurant. So I I still want to do those things alongside podcasting. Heath, go ahead. I guess... I guess I'd probably have to say that, well, I really wanted to be a musician for a long time. I had been in like many different bands and that was my passion. Had gone on tour with uh, my band a few times. And so that was really fun. And that's what I thought I was going to do out out of high school. I was like, I'm not going to college, man. I'm going to be a I'm going to be a rock star. And so that's what I wanted to do. But now, I mean, I love podcasting and also Daphne and I are talking about becoming business owners and potentially opening up a restaurant. So that is something that we have a lot of passion for. We love cooking. We love food. We love company. So uh, yeah, we want to open a restaurant. And Heath is actually such a good musician. And it makes me really sad that he doesn't want to pursue it anymore because he's so good. He actually released a song last year under the name of Ghostly. And the song is called Devil You Know, and it's on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else. You guys should listen to it. It's it's so good. Like every time I listen to it, I'm like, I can't believe you made this. Yeah, that's the the only song I've written so far. And come out with. Well, yeah, and released. Obviously, I've written a lot of songs, but uh, the only one I've released. If you guys want to listen to it, please do and tell him he needs to make more because I tell him all the time. The next question a couple of you guys asked us. Where are you from and why do you live in Oregon and why do you move all the time? (laughs) And then also we got asked if you have any siblings and where we grew up. I just threw these in all together because I think they're kind of relevant. So during this time of the podcast, we have moved to LA from Oregon and then moved back to Oregon. So I'm from Los Angeles. I was born and raised there. I only got to Oregon when I met Heath three years ago. We lived here for about a year. And then I always wanted to move back to L.A. because that's where my family, other than my dad, and all my friends are. And L.A. is just so fun. So I really wanted to move back. Like, I wasn't planning on staying in Oregon. And Heath was open to it. 
So we moved to LA. We were there for only like eight months and then COVID hit and we were like, this just doesn't feel right. Like we just weren't happy. LA is so stressful. It's so expensive. It's, it's just really chaotic. And so we're like, let's move back to Oregon and just get a house and live a l- nice, calm life in a smaller city. I mean, we love Oregon for many different reasons. I'm a big outdoorsy person, so there's tons of trees, there's swimming holes. The, the summertime is green and beautiful. It's not brown. And uh, yeah, I love hiking and camping. So Oregon is absolutely stunning for those types of things. And I didn't even appreciate Oregon the first time I lived here because I wanted to go back to California so bad. And I just had that in my head. But now being back here, I have fully realized like I just can't believe I didn't feel this way before. It's so beautiful. There's just so many great things to do. It's relaxed. It's just you know, we go camping in the summer and we go to the Oregon coast, which is like incomparable to the California coast. It is stunning. So it's so funny you say that because I'm the complete opposite. Like I love the Oregon coast, but I love the California coast. Like I love Malibu. I like the Oregon coast better. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if you like rain, Oregon is a great place for you. I mean, it is kind of peaceful to if fall you asleep like to beauty, rain. You mean if you like beauty and yeah. just good living come to Oregon. Yeah, as as far as where we grew up, I grew up in a very small town in Oregon, so I grew up in a in a farm town, Junction City. Woo woo. Anyways, uh, <laughs> big shout out to the JC. That's not Jesus Christ, that's Junction City. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I grew up in a small little farm town and so for me, the slow pace was nice. I absolutely love LA. Like I love being there and I love how fast-paced it is and how busy it is and there's a lot of exciting shit going on, but at the same time, I'm just like, man, I just want some peace, some relaxation, and so, yeah. And you have a sister. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that question. Yes, I have one sister who's younger than me. And then I grew up in LA in Studio City, and then I moved out to the Malibu area and went to Agora High School. Yeah, and then I moved to the Valley, and, and we lived in Sherman Oaks, and then we moved back to Oregon. And you have about 100 oh, yeah. siblings. <laughs> I forgot that question too. I have a twin sister and then I have an older brother and a younger brother. Yeah, who are all like awesome people. We love them so oh, much. <laughs> yeah, they are all awesome. Our families are really great. So next question is from Sarah. She asked, how long does it take you guys to research and structure and then record one episode? Also, do you write a script for some parts or just wing it? So it takes us a whole week. It's a full-time job to, you know, we have to find cases and then we have to do all the research and we do write notes to go off of. There's no way we could remember all that information. So we do go off of notes and then also put in our own comments and style it in our own way. Yeah. Between the research, uh, the recording and the editing, it it takes us quite a bit of time. Julie asked us, do you ever get creeped out and hate being alone at night after researching the cases? And similar to that, Misty asked us, does researching slash talking about true crime cases ever take a toll on your mental health? And I will say right off the bat, yes. So (laughs) it is really hard to just dive into these different really tragic cases every week, I will say. If, If we spend too much time on it without taking a break, like at the end of the day, I notice that I'm really, really stressed out and I'm like upset. And yeah. So it is hard, but to me, I can easily kind of de-stress and take my mind off of all the work I just did. But my biggest issue is my freaking fiance, Heath, 
who's next to me, just loves to watch horror movies so much. And I love it too, but he wants to watch horror movies like every night. So it's like tragic, tragic daytime, horrifying nighttime. And I have nightmares almost every single night, legit. I'll have to admit, it, it does take a toll on your mental health in some ways. I love watching horror movies, of course, all the fucking time. But sometimes Daphne and I are just like, do you want to watch a Disney movie? Because we're just <laughs> like, man, like with all this talk about murder and then watching horror movies. And then on top of that, like we pretty much have to keep up with uh, like true crime documentaries that are coming out. Which are really interesting to us, but it's so hard because sometimes we'll be like, oh, this new documentary just came out. And I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. Like I just. But then we do. And we're so interested in it. But it's like I have found myself too not really listening to other true crime podcasts because in that time when I'm not working on true crime, I need to do something else. And also to answer your question, yes, I get very scared at night. I do. Very scared. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to take a little time out and say, okay, I've had enough murder in my life for that week. Exactly. So next, Danny asked, how do you balance between trying to give the listeners a really in-depth, exciting case while being respectful to the victims? Do you try and contact people involved in every episode? So it's kind of, you know, you got to be respectful. You, this isn't, it's categorized, I guess, as entertainment, but we can't make jokes really because this isn't funny. You know, these are tragic stories that interest all of us. So we like to be lighthearted when we can, but at the end of the day, we're talking about something terrible. Yeah. And these cases, they're not about us. The cases aren't about Heath and Daphne or going West. It's about the victims and their families. And Actually, surprisingly, we've had some family members of victims' cases that we've covered contact us and say, thank you so much for bringing this case to light. I want more people to know about this case. And so in our minds, we feel like we're doing the victims justice and hopefully we're doing the family a solid as well. Exactly. And a lot of people also asked us if we prefer unsolved or solved cases. And I always say unsolved because of what Heath is saying. It's like, just like how I'm desperately wanting to get Carol's story out there, so do all these families who have their loved ones who are dead or missing, and they don't know what happened. And so being able to talk about them and have you guys listen and share with your friends means a lot to us, and it means a lot to the people that are involved because we all just want to find justice. And I, I don't really like to contact the people that are involved in the cases because of how tragic the nature is. I even hate asking my grandma about Carol's case because I, I feel like then it's sitting in her mind and now she's thinking and worrying about it. We have, so, we have certainly contacted a few family members in, in certain cases, but we don't like to do it all the time. And that's kind of the, the great thing about the true crime community is that there is a community. And if there wasn't one, it would be a lot harder for these cases um, that are unsolved to get out there and to be known. So I'm really grateful for this community because of that reason. Me too. A bunch of you guys asked us, when's the wedding and do you have it planned? Do you have a theme? And then Brianna asked, now that you're engaged, are you planning for kids in the future? So Heath and I got engaged in October just two months ago. And we really, we actually last night for the first time since then, talked about what our wedding would be. And we both wanted to be really small, just like our closest people. And just somewhere in Oregon, probably on the Oregon coast. We, we just wanted like, we're just like, let's just do something random and just small and whatever. Yeah. yeah we don't want to do a gigantic, extravagant, expensive wedding. 
We just want to have fun with our family and friends and just fucking party down. Yeah. So I'd, I'd like to make it like a whole weekend thing and just, like you said, have fun with uh, close ones and loved ones. But once COVID is over, so it's kind of hard to even think about it because of COVID. So who the heck knows? I think we actually talk about buying a house more than we talk about uh, <laughs> planning a wedding. We do. It just feels like we're married because, like I said earlier, when I got to Oregon, I was staying with my dad. But you know, Heath and I started dating and then I kind of moved to Oregon, but my dad lived, um, we're in Eugene, Oregon, and that's where Heath was living when I met him. But my dad lives outside of Eugene. So I had to drive into town all the time and it was just getting so exhausting and it was winter. So I just started like staying at Heath's place extensively. And then after like a month, he was like, do you want to just like live here? (laughs) So we we've been living together for so long it just feels like we're already married yeah pretty much let's just sign those damn papers i know i don't even care (laughs) and then Uh, as far as kids goes yeah we i think we've we've been talking about this since very early on in our relationship too yeah we want a few kids for sure yeah we want to have a big family so kids are a, a definite for us yes marty asked us where do you find the crimes to do a show about so luckily we get a lot of cases from listeners but honestly for example Janelle Matthews is a case that we did a couple weeks ago I literally was thinking about Colorado and I looked up December Colorado murder case and then that was like the first thing that came up so sometimes I'll just do random searches sometimes I'll look on Reddit like crazy murder crazy missing persons cases I just type in random stuff yeah, that that's how we do it a lot of the time. But, you know, we're really grateful for our listeners giving us suggestions because those are extremely helpful when trying to find cases because there's some weeks where we're like, uh, what should we do? Like, what case should we do? So it's really nice to be able to go back and look through those suggestions and say, oh, look, let's do this one. It's actually so surprising to me how hard it can be because sometimes days will go, will go by where I'm just all I'm doing is looking for a case. And I'm like, there's not one single case left in the world. Like they're all, they've all been covered. And then I always end up finding one, but it can be tough. So a few of you asked, what are your favorite podcasts, true crime or not? And who would you want to collab with? And then we also got asked which true crime podcasts got us into true crime podcasts. So the first question is, what favorite podcasts do we have? I would have to say, well, my favorite podcast is Time Suck, Dan Cummins. He's a comedian. He's hilarious. He talks about different events throughout history. He also talks about some true crime here and there. Super, super funny. And then he also does another show called Scared to Death with his wife, Lindsay. They are absolutely awesome. So funny. And then on top of that, uh, I guess the podcast that got me into podcasting and true crime, I would have to say is True Crime Garage. We love those guys. They're hilarious. We love Nick. We love Captain. I have to agree with everything you said. Um, Time Suck and Scared to Death are my favorite podcasts. Those are really the only ones I listen to. Well, mostly, you know, I'll look up random like nutrition podcasts or I also love Russell Brand's Under the Skin. That's a really good podcast, but that's pretty much all I listen to. It's mostly just Dan Cummins's podcasts. The, the first true crime podcast I ever listened to was Serial. And I got so obsessed with Adnan's case. And then it was True Crime Garage and Generation Y. And those are like my inspirations. Yeah. Oh, I have to throw them in there too. I love Gen Y. Those guys are awesome. And then also on top of that, I uh, I also kind of dig uh, Morbid. I think they're really good as well. They are. And they're just a couple of badass bitches. It's funny because the only two true crime podcasts I'd ever listened to other than Serial 
were Generation Y and True Crime Garage before we started. And then I started finding other podcasts, which was so weird because I was like, there's so many I didn't even know before we started. Oh, and I have to give a shout out to True Crime Brewery. They don't get enough attention and their their voices to me are just so soothing. And they, they're like a really awesome older couple. And I just think they have amazing research and I love listening to them a lot. And then also, as far as who we'd want to collab with, again, Dan and Lindsay of, of Scared to Death, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And also, I mean, you know, shout out to Tim and Lance from Crawl Space. Those guys are awesome, too. Oh, we love them. And there's just so many good true crime podcasts out there. Uh, a lot of you guys asked us, if you could solve one unsolved crime, which one would it be and why? Obviously, I'm going to say Carol, but I, I don't like this question, but a lot of you asked it. Because I can't pick just one. Every case deserves justice. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. Okay, next is a question that both Jake and Pam asked. They said, what cases do you see yourself not covering and why? And have you ever come across a crime so heinous that you decided not to do an episode about it? So yes, basically any super mainstream case we don't really like to cover because those already get so much attention and we'd rather focus our time on more lesser known cases. Right. So your Ted Bundy's and your Jeffrey Dahmer's, those are ones we just don't really feel like covering. Exactly. And then as far as too heinous, yes, I hate cases that have a lot of like torture, anything that just makes me sick to my stomach or sad to read immediately off the bat. I'm like, I cannot dive into that. It's just going to be too hard for me. Yeah. And, and we've done a couple really brutal ones. Uh, we did Dayton Leroy Rogers. He was a serial killer and he was a guy who liked to torture women. And we had a hard time getting through that episode, so we kind of just told ourselves after that, eh, I don't think we're really going to do cases like that. And then, obviously, there's cases like John Wayne Gacy. Those are ones that I'm not interested in. So, yeah, pretty much those ones. Candace asked us, in your experience, how receptive are police when podcasters ask for stuff to help get the word out on these cases? In my opinion, I've only reached out to them a few times on, for different cases. I've never heard back from the police ever. And then regarding Carol's case, I also don't get very much at all. Through our experience, we have gotten nothing. Bianca asked, what's your favorite beer? And then Ryan asked, what are each of y'all's favorite craft beer? Okay, this favorite beer. This is Heath's beer. question. Oh, this is my question. Yes. So first of all, my favorite beer right off the bat, Coors Banquet. Coors Original. It's the best Smokey and the Bandit all day long. Coors Banquet, let's go. I'm not a big beer drinker at all. Like maybe if I go out to sushi, I'll have a beer. Or sometimes if I'm at a pub, I'll have a beer. But it's not like my go-to drink at all. Sorry, guys. But um, for Bianca, my favorite beer is probably a Guinness. I do love a well-poured Guinness and like some hot salty fries. Oh my God, that sounds so good. As far as craft beer goes, for me, Bubble Stash by Hot Valley which is a local brewery here in Oregon, that is one of the best IPAs I've ever tasted, and it's amazing. For me, my favorite beer is actually Lagunitas IPA, but that's technically a craft beer. And then also, I love Ballast Point. Their watermelon Dorado, I have not been able to find it for years, and it has a really high ABV, but it's so good. And then their Sculpin is really good. But honestly, if you put any fucking beer in front of my face, I'm going to drink it. Yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> but if you put any really good jammy red wine in front of me, I will drink that. Kaylee asked us, 
If you could only have one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? All right, Daphne, take this one away. Oh my God. Okay. Food is so serious to me. So this is a really hard question. (laughs) But first of all, I will say how much I love hummus. Hummus is my favorite thing on earth, like truly, but that's not a meal. So I couldn't just eat hummus now, could I? If it had to be like a food, like one food item, I would definitely say sweet potatoes, like a roasted sweet potato. Okay. Take a sweet potato, wash it, keep the skin on and just, you know, puncture it a few times and then put that in the oven on 400 degrees for like an hour and 15 minutes. And then you cut it open and the, the inside is so soft and delicious and amazing. I could just eat that plain. It's so good. So sweet potato. I do love a sweet potato. Um, as far as one food item goes for me, it's going to be my granny's potato salad. Shout out to granny. She's got the best potato salad on earth. It's amazing. I love it. And I would eat that for the rest of my life. Okay. What about a meal? Because if mine were a meal, it would be a really good like homemade veggie burger with fries and then also a salad in case I wanted to be healthy for one meal and not have the fries. You know what I mean? I need a side. Yeah, totally. I feel that. I mean, a veggie burger is definitely amazing. For me, it's going to be barbecue all day long. Vegan barbecue though. So uh, Beyond Burgers with Corn. (laughs) With corn on the cob. He's a corn fiend. I am. So, and then on top of that, probably some coleslaw and some stuff like that. So yeah, just barbecue food. Oh my God, I'm hungry now. Next question is from Heather. What's the most frustrating part of this entire process? Good question, Heather. I think Daphne would probably say editing. It's so funny you knew that. That's exactly what I was going to say. She (laughs) fucking hates editing. It's just so tedious. It's not creative. It's not exciting. Like, I love doing the research for cases. That's my favorite part because I get to really just look for every little piece of everything and put it all together. And then I have all these crazy thoughts and it's really exciting. But editing is so freaking tedious. I can't stand it. And it takes forever. Yeah. My my, uh, least favorite part would be typing because I fucking suck at typing. Yeah, you got to get better at that, man. Yeah, so when I research and stuff, it takes me it takes me a while to type out cases, but I'm getting a little bit better. I'm getting a little bit faster. Not as fast you as are. Daphne. She's a speed demon, but I'm getting better. You're getting there, buddy. Sarah asked us, what are your future plans for going west? And I would have to probably say that we just want to grow our audience. We want to continue to do these victims justice and their families. And um, yeah, the biggest thing is just growing our audience. We love what we do. And now that we've become full-time doing it, we just want to make it even bigger and better and cover more cases that you guys want us to cover. Yeah, we just plan to do this like as long as you guys are willing to listen to it. So definitely just want to grow it and get these cases out there to more people and just keep on making episodes. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. And the best way that you guys can help us, obviously, is to share the episodes that we create, and also join our Patreon. Jess asked, do you think Adnan Syed is innocent? And I had to throw this in there because as I said, Serial was the first podcast I ever listened to. And yes, I do think he's innocent, or at least I think he's innocent enough to not be in prison. They did not prove him guilty beyond a reasonable doubt at all in any way. So yes, I think he's innocent. A few of you guys asked, where do you want to go after COVID? And then also Marissa asked, favorite place that you've been? Well, now that we're in the Pacific Northwest again and we're actually living here together, I would say probably Canada because we want to go up to British Columbia and hit up Vancouver and Victoria. And that would just be fun because I've never been to Canada. 
Yeah, I would love. I've been to Victoria uh, one time, but I'd love to go back there. And I think just in general, like after COVID, I want to just explore the Pacific Northwest, you know, go to Seattle, go up to Portland and hang out in Portland because I love Portland, do the whole Oregon coast. Like I definitely want to like explore more of the Pacific Northwest. I don't even care where you take me. Just put me on a fucking plane because we've been stuck in this house for so long. I will go anywhere, take me anywhere, literally. But one of my favorite places would be Hawaii. Because I love Hawaii. It's beautiful. What What is there to not like about Hawaii? It's beautiful. It it's is amazing. Beautiful. I would say Europe. Um, I went to Europe a lot growing up as a kid. And thanks, mom and dad. I would say the Amalfi Coast in Italy or Mearsburg, Germany is one of my favorite little towns ever. It's so cute. And then also in the U.S., let's say my favorite in the U.S., would be New Orleans and Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, those are those are two very solid places, which... I have never been, so I would love to go there as well. Well, we'll go there after COVID. Sarah asked us, did you learn any new skills or take on new hobbies during quarantine? For me, I've been reading more, which I've always really loved reading. But I think just over the last couple of years with the podcast and having a job, I just felt like I never had time to read. So I've been reading more, like I really like thriller novels. And then lately, I've been learning more about nutrition and also been studying the art of Italian pizza making and I bought a pizza oven. And so I'm trying to be like a super skilled pizza maker. Yeah. Yeah. We have like a really cool little pizza station thing that we're working on and that we kind of set up for Daphne's pizza oven. So we're learning how to make pizza from scratch and make it good. Uh, For me, I'd say, um, I don't know. I got really good at Call of Duty. (laughs) (laughs) I got really good at that fucking game. It's hard. I will say I tried it last night for the first time. It's it's so hard. Yeah, it it can be hard. It can be challenging. Um, And then on top of that, just playing guitar. Like I just have been playing guitar a little bit more and just messing around, noodling a bit. A couple of you guys asked us, do you have any pets? The question that breaks (laughs) Heath's heart. Oh my God, I want to (laughs) cry. He's desperate for a golden retriever. I want a dog. I don't even care if it's a a golden retriever. I just want many a dog. (laughs) Just give me all the dogs. Tell him about your parents' dog. Okay, yeah. Your family dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my parents have a basset hound named Bo, and he's the cutest little fucker you've ever seen. He's really mischievous, but he's Such a cute little guy, and I would love to have a basset hound, a golden retriever, and a bulldog. Yeah, my mom has two bulldogs, and then she has a pit bull and bulldog mix, and they're so cute. She just made an Instagram for them, but they're adorable. So those are the only dogs in my life. Yeah, we're hoping hoping that we can get a few dogs here pretty soon. Katie asked us, what is your favorite thing about the other person? I'll start. Heath is super, super loyal. He has a really big heart and he's really sweet. He, you know, he does things like he helps around the house without you having to ask. He will just randomly give you a massage. Well, not you, me. (laughs) Like if I'm working, he's just, he just has a big heart and he's really sweet. He's really silly. He has a really good sense of humor and he's just a very lovable, lovable, loyal person. I would, well, thank you for that, (laughs) by the way. Uh, I'd have to say my favorite things about Daphne is... Well, she has probably the most beautiful eyes I've ever fucking seen in my life. She just has gorgeous eyes. Oh, thanks. On top of that, she's extremely caring. She's very nurturing. She's incredibly smart. I love how innovative she is. She's very entrepreneurial. She has always got ideas in her mind. And, and I 
honestly, like I aspire to be more like her because she just has so much drive and motivation to create and she's very artistic and lovable and fun. She's just an amazing person. Wow, thank you. That was really nice. Well, here's an opposing question. It's from Mary Grace and she asked, if you two are in a disagreement like a relationship thing, do you find it difficult to record an episode? Yeah, I mean, we do get into disagreements sometimes before we start recording. I mean, that happens with just about any couple, but we try to shake it off quickly because this is our job. We try to be professional about it. And usually if we start going and we start recording, we just stop thinking about the disagreement and we move on and we let it go. It's not a big deal. We also just try to realize that whatever we're arguing about is stupid and pointless and we love each other. So at the end of the day, we're just like, well, not at the end of the day, before we record, we're just like, let's just squash this. It's no big deal. Let's kiss and hug and laugh about something and then it gets better. Yeah. And I'm sure Daphne probably wants to punch me in the face sometimes because I can be extremely obnoxious. I'm like a big kid. I like to antagonate her. You are a kid. I love you. (laughs) I can be annoying too. We all can, you know? So Yessie asks us, go to drink while recording. Water. (laughs) So much water. Yeah. It's funny because when we first started the podcast, I used to like drink a couple beers while we were recording to kind of like loosen up because I was nervous. Obviously now that's a lot has changed. So yeah, I just want to stay hydrated. Yeah, we used to record at night after we got home from work. And so it would be usually two, maybe after dinner. And we would, I would have a glass of wine or two and Heath would have a beer or two and it would kind of help loosen us up. But now we record usually in the middle of the day. So maybe I'll have a cup of tea or maybe a coffee, but I don't really drink that much coffee. So it's usually just water. Courtney asked us, What's the next podcast topic you want to do? I've been loving the dark parts. Well, thank you so much, Courtney. I really appreciate that you listen to the dark parts. If you guys haven't listened to it, that's our other show. And we talk about urban legends and crazy, scary things throughout history. And then I guess the next topic that we would like to cover is Daphne's aunt's case, Carol's case. Yeah, we really want to do a separate like investigative series on that case and you know actually go and try to figure out what happened to her so we'd like to do that or we want like Heath said we want to do a documentary on it and then maybe another one a lot of people are like you guys should do a vegan uh, podcast like I'd be down to do something like that yeah definitely and speaking of vegan Flora asked what's your favorite vegan cheese I probably have to say Miyoko's is the best because her company is a lot more natural than a lot of the vegan cheeses out there that are a lot more processed So I would definitely say Miyoko's anything. So good. Yeah, there's also uh, Follow Your Heart's Not Too Bad. There's a lot of different vegan cheese companies out there. Currently, I'm not 100% vegan. I do eat eggs, but I don't eat dairy or any other meat products. So yeah, I do eat a lot of different types of vegan cheese. Um, So I guess I'd say Follow Your Heart. All right. So the next question that a couple of you guys asked us was, what are our Myers-Briggs types and our Zodiac signs? And then Janelle asked, what are your Enneagram numbers? I think it's Enneagram. I hope I said that right. So my Myers-Briggs is like to the T. I'm an ENFJ. Heath, what are you? I guess I'm an ENFP-A slash ENFP-T. And I'm a Libra. And I'm a Cancer. And then for the Enneagram, again, I hope I'm saying that right. I'm almost half and half a type seven and a type three. I'm like slightly more a type seven than a type three. And I guess I am a type two. I think those fit us pretty well. Yeah, I'm extremely sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) Next, Emmy asked us, 
Why is your show called Going West? So the night that we decided that we were going to have a true crime podcast was almost exactly two years ago. Uh, We were just thinking of names forever and we were looking up synonyms of like dying and disappearing. And then Heath found go west and we're like, well, what about going west, which means to die or to disappear? Yeah, basically the whole idea of going west is that the sun sets in the west which creates darkness, and darkness is considered, or it's like a metaphor for dying. So to go west means that you were dying. It's funny because a lot of people think that going west is because we live on the West Coast and that we cover West Coast crimes only, which is not true. It just kind of fits. We're like, oh, well, we do live on the West Coast, and this is relevant without being like, true crime, true crime. Like, we didn't want to be something that was super generic. And, but yeah, it has nothing to do with like doing West Coast cases. Yeah, it took us forever to find that name too. By forever, he means like five hours of straight thinking, but we we found one. So the next question is, and I don't know her name, but it's at Anchors Away Co. on Instagram. She asked us, if you could live anywhere besides Oregon, where would you live? If I could live anywhere, ooh, it would have to be somewhere tropical. I have always dreamed of living somewhere tropical like Jamaica or the Virgin Islands or Hawaii. Those are places, I mean, even like Malibu, California, I would even live there because I just love palm trees and I love the ocean and the sunshine. Those are my favorite things, which is so funny because I live in fucking Oregon. But uh, yeah, that's where I would probably want to live. It's funny because I'm so the opposite. I am starting to appreciate the sun more being in winter. But growing up in L.A., like, I hated the sun. So I I don't know. I go back and forth. My dad's from France, and I'm trying to get citizenship. So part of me is like, I just want to move to, like, the French countryside or live in Italy or something. But I do love the United States, and there's a lot of really great places to live here. So if not Oregon, which I love so much, I would probably say maybe, like, Seattle, Washington or, like, Boulder, Colorado. And then maybe I'd move back to L.A. Maybe. Yeah, big maybe. Kate over on Twitter asked us, what is your favorite musical artist and song? It's really hard. My favorite, I don't have a favorite single artist. I think if I did, it would probably have to be Vancouver Sleep Clinic, who deserves so much more attention and so many more fans. He is like my favorite artist of all time, Vancouver Sleep Clinic. He's so good. So anything from him is like my favorite song I've ever heard. And then I also love the Arctic Monkeys. I love the Last Shadow Puppets, the Cactus Blossoms. I love Bonnie Vare. And that's all I can think of right now. Yeah, it is really hard to just name one artist because I feel like people's music interests kind of change, or at least for me, they change over the years depending on how I'm feeling or what my situation is. I would say probably right now, I really love 80s hair metal, so I love stuff like Rat, Def Leppard, I love Poison, I like those bands, love the LA Guns, which actually Daphne's uncle was, is an original member of the LA Guns, so uh, a lot of cool bands like that, and then as far as modern music, I really like a lot of different stuff, I like Harry Styles, think he's fantastic, Yes. yeah, absolutely, love the Cactus Blossoms as well, the Dirty Nil, really awesome band out of Canada. And then love Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, so I can go some classic rock as well. Jim Croce, also amazing. I would say my favorite song of this year would be a song by the Dirty Nil, and it's called 
That's What Heaven Feels Like. It's seriously amazing. It's kind of a party song. It gets me going. So uh, go check it out. Okay, next up, Brooke asked, what is the meaning behind any tattoos either of you have? My most meaningful tattoo would be uh, this parrot tattoo on my arm that my dad also has. He got his tattoo back in the Navy in like 1974. It's His is pretty faded by now, but that one has the most meaning. But nowadays, I don't really get tattoos for meanings. I get them for memories. So specific events that happen, like I got a tattoo of a palm tree on my wrist one night when I was super drunk on the Sunset Strip in Hollywood. Yeah, I just love that memory. I totally agree with the memory thing. It's like some of my favorite tattoos are the ones that I got that I had a really good night. Well, like I have nine tattoos and like every single one I can look at and remember exactly what I was doing that day. And it's that's the the fun part of it. But probably the most meaningful is um, one I have on my arm that I got with my twin sister, Charlotte, that says Perpetual Splendor. And that's from Frankenstein. Like I said, my ancestor wrote Frankenstein. So we got that one together, like after a concert that was just really special. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have a, a beer can on my ankle that one of my good friends also has. After a day of drinking, we just decided to get a beer can tattooed on our ankles. Maggie asked us, what's your ideal night out and ideal night in? My ideal night out is definitely, we have a really great theater here in the city we live in, and it's so cute. Like, my ideal night is definitely going there and seeing a movie and eating a lot of hot popcorn and drinking wine, and then going to get a slice of pizza from Sizzle Pie, and then going to a pub and having, like, mulled wine or something somewhere cozy. That is, like, my ideal night out, like, in our, where we live. Yeah, we like to go to this place called the First National Tap House, which is right next to this little movie theater that we go to. And right next to the pizza place. Yeah, exactly. So they're all kind of in the same area. So we like to, you know, have a few drinks, go see a movie, and then get some pizza afterwards. But I think my ideal night out, too, also includes, like, going to a concert. I miss going to shows so much. So that, too. My ideal night in would be... Wait, is that your ideal night out, too? Oh, as far as concerts go? No, no, like going out to the movie and... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, so yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, and then I would say on top of that, obviously going to a concert would be uh, another really fun thing that Daphne and I, I love doing. And then a fun night in, I would say probably just turning myself into a couch burrito and uh, with multiple blankets and watching a good movie that I love or playing a board game. I love doing that as well. Yeah, I think that's a good night in is... If you're with other people playing board games, having a drink, putting a movie on, but if it's just us, I love cooking like a really good dinner and then just sitting on the couch with like hot chocolate or tea and watching like a nice movie. Yeah, we can spend hours meal prepping and just listening to music. We'll be in the kitchen, dancing, listening to music, making food. And so we love doing that. And last but not least, Whitney asked, what are your New Year's resolutions, professional and personal? My New Year's resolution is definitely to lose my beer belly, get a little bit healthier, eat eat um, better food, healthy food, drink more water. I think uh, develop even deeper relationships with the people that I love and care about. I would also say get married. <laughs> yeah, that's on my list. I want to get married. Not to Daphne. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I want to get married. Should we break up now? Yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> uh, no, I want to get married. I want to do some traveling. As soon as COVID's over, I'd love to do a lot more traveling in the new year. That's what about professionally? I'd like to see how the dark parts goes. Uh, it's really fun. I love doing it. And I just want to keep growing, going west. I just want it to continue to grow. I also want to start that restaurant, which we have a whole layout for this restaurant. We've been talking about it for months, and we are super excited about the idea. My personal resolutions, like I agree with Heath, I want to be a lot healthier. I, I feel like I always focus on nutrition, and then but I love like takeout and shit, and I just love eating like junky food. So definitely cleaning up my diet a lot more. And I want to exercise. I like I want to find a form of exercise that I like. I want to get outside more now that we're in Oregon. I had trouble with that in the city in California. I just never really felt like I could get outside. And now we live near so many beautiful forests and we can go to the Oregon coast, which is like my favorite place. And so definitely getting outside more, being more with nature, definitely traveling once COVID is over. Hopefully COVID is over. That's also a resolution that I'm not in control of. And except for staying home and wearing a mask. And yeah. And then professionally, like he said, growing the show, starting the restaurant, I really want to get started on a thriller novel or at least come up with an idea and just start writing. And then I want to do a cookbook finally. Yeah. You got to get that cookbook going. I also want to do some earthing. We were talking about that earlier today about just taking your shoes off and walking on the grass and just kind of getting a little bit closer to nature, a little bit more personal with nature because, yeah, I really feel that connection and so does Daphne. So we want to do a lot of that as well. Yeah, more more stuff regarding Mother Nature, like being closer to Mother Nature, you know, with diet, with being outdoors, for sure. Oh, and I want to I get a dog also. Oh, yeah. Let's get a dog. Yeah, we need a dog. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 100 of Going West. I can't even believe we're at 100 episodes. It's so crazy. I know. I'm so excited. I can't wait to do a lot more of this show and just spend more time talking to you guys and growing our audience and just keep releasing different stories that can help different families. Everybody that's listened to this show, I just want to say thank you so much. We really appreciate it. I mean... It's crazy to think that we're at 100 and that you guys, a lot of you guys have been with us the whole way. So we really, really appreciate that. If you're a new listener to Going West and you love this show, please do us a solid. Share the show with your friends and family. Leave us a five-star review if you'd like to. Also, join our Patreon. That is the biggest way you can help us out and help us continue to create content for you guys. Yeah, every month we release ad-free bonus episodes on there and we're going to release one more this month. Just thank you so much to everybody who has joined and just made this show so special. And I want to give shout outs to all the patrons who have joined in the last week. Yeah, we had a lot of you guys join us this past week and we're super grateful for that. So thank you so much to Lauren, Chantal, or Chantal, I'm sorry, I don't know which, but thank you so much. Thank you to Aaron, Savannah, Alyssa, and Britta. Big thanks going out to Carrie, Tammy, Nadine, Heather, Ashley, and Evelina. Thank you so much to Corby, Jody, Andy, Kelly, Mandy, and Brittany. And then a big thanks going to Jordan, Grace, Alexandra, Meryl, 
Lauren, Carissa, and Kayla. And last but not least, thank you so much to Lisa, Annette, Brooke, Amy, Prawl, Rochelle, and Julie. You guys are so amazing. It means the world that you joined our little community, and thank you so much. Yes, we have 30 bonus episodes, so if you're loving Going West, get on it, my people. All right, guys, so for everybody out there in the world, cheerio, don't be a stranger, and happy freaking holidays. Holidays.